Welcome to the first edition of Shakti Talks, the podcast. Today we have with us Pooja Chopra. Pooja is an entrepreneur who understands the essence of learning and its impact on uplifting women in society. As a Teach for India fellow, she wanted to ensure that her students would continue to learn and go to school. This led to the foundation of Quab, where marginalized women folk are empowered to become financially independent through the creation and curation of ethical and ethnic handicrafts. Without further ado, here's Pooja. The anecdote goes back to 2014 when me and my co-founders we were teaching India fellows and uh, we were teaching like grade 3 and grade 4 and we were teaching like an all girls classroom and uh, school used to be like 8 to 12 8 to 1 and uh, post school like we used to always go drop our students back home it was a good long walk back home and uh, we remember that every time we used to go drop them home they, they always wanted us to come inside the house and uh, like you know meet the family and that was also a very important part of our uh, fellowship where we had to invest the different stakeholders in the child's education um so every day when we used to drop the child at home we used to meet the mother who was the only one at home because the father was out to work and the brothers used to generally go to the second shift school and whenever we used to have conversations with the mother there was one question that we always asked her that what is the vision that you have for your girl child because our fellowship is for 2 years we are here to support the girl child like you know bridge the education inequity for 2 years but what after that what after we go are you ensuring that the girl will go to college and um, all the mothers had a very blurred vision for their girl child they were all like you know uh, we had a very similar journey we went to school we were very excited about studying we wanted to go to college become independent but like the moment we reached an 8th grade or a 10th grade we were pulled out of school we were forced to get married and uh, the situation that we are in right now we see our role as taking care of the household chores and dropping the kids to school and bringing them back there's nothing more that we can envision for the girl child because we don't have the financial bandwidth to even make those decisions for her i can't take a call whether i should send both my children boy and girl to a private school it's the father's choice that he sends the girl to a government school and the boy to a private school so i feel that was the trigger uh, like this was the story that was being repeated in every household where we saw a lot of financial dependence on the man of the family and besides that the women seeing her role very limited to managing the household chores we didn't see her looking at herself as a person who could play a very strong role in changing the living standard of the family or changing the trajectory of her girl child and that is what like you know uh, triggered us and that is what we wanted to change so i feel it's been a journey and when we started like i don't think any of us thought we were going to have like a e-commerce platform or we we're going to be selling products um like you said like after the initial trigger um every time we again kept going i think there were more than 100 households that we visited during that time and we were thinking of a solution so uh, when we saw our student in that peach dress that was the 
enlightening moment that you know um, these women don't even realize the skill they possess they don't value what is within them and um, when we realized that the peach dress was made by the mother we thought that you know this is something uh, that could actually convert into a strength for the women so we started asking all of them that you know the first step for us is you to step out of the home for yourself you don't have to step out for your children or for your family but for yourself uh and we told them that you know when we step out we learn something and you decide what you want to learn so from the very beginning we wanted everything to be very community led we never sort of uh, lacked the belief that the community and the women have the knowledge we always felt that it was buried deep within that we had to bring out um so initially we just were focusing on mindsets how do we convince the first batch of women to step out of their homes to learn any skill that they wanted to in order to come together and when we asked them they all unanimously chose tailoring they said that you know during our wedding all of us are gifted a sewing machine and uh, we have very very basic knowledge or no knowledge about it but we see it as a very strong tool of saving and investment and something that will allow us to do like you know something without actually going against the existing culture they had a very the society the community mandavi that we were working in had a very strong stigma against a working woman women were not allowed to go beyond like 2 3 km radius they were not allowed to go to any markets it was a very very it still is a very patriarchal society um so we convinced the first 10 group of women to come out back in 2014 we rented a a uh, one room space which is i think 200 square feet and uh, at the same time we realized okay we don't know how to tailor or we don't know how to stitch so who's going to teach these women so at the same time we sort of found two young girls from a very conservative uh family uh who were trained in tailoring they were government certified but their parents did not want the two young girls who were 19 and 20 back then to actually work so we convinced their father that you know teaching is a very noble profession and why don't you allow these girls to just teach a group of women within the community itself and that's how we started with 10 women and these two trainers once the skilling started happening and we started seeing the women gaining confidence about themselves um we started seeing a lot of change initial change in their confidence every time they stepped out they were facing a lot of questions that you know where are you going why are you stepping out of the house isn't your husband earning enough what is the need of going so i feel initially it was us just helping her to fight all that prejudice fight all that stigma and once she had achieved that skill we realized that if that skill does not turn into a livelihood she will still remain financially dependent on the patriarchal system and that is when we started experimenting in converting her skill of tailoring into a product so initially we were testing like you know we were none of us were from the business background so initially we were testing with garments because they were getting trained in basic uh, garment tailoring but we realized it's a very very exploitative and a very competitive market and uh, we soon sort of came out of it and uh, that's when we started our handmade uh, or handicraft uh, work and um, that's how the journey started i think kick for india was one of the first organizations to support us uh, to believe in us and uh, i still remember the, uh, a program manager from bangalore called us and she said there is an event can you make folders and we had no idea of making folders and we were like yes we can make folders 
and uh, we went to different markets collected the material and made the first batch of uh, i think 70 folders and we still have that folder in our center which is um, which makes us realize how far we've come um once the women, we started selling the products and money started coming into the hands initially it was very little 200 300 rupees a month but we saw that money playing a very important role in the women's life uh for the first time she's like i have 100% control over this money and how this money is going to be utilized so we saw a great increase in her decision making ability with that little money that she had and um, she started like you know first meeting her very basic needs of like you know maybe buying some knickknacks for the children or buying some books for the children and we really believe that if that money in the women's hand increases she'll be able to increase the living standard of her family and that's how we decided that you know if the livelihood grows if the money in the hand of the women increases it will naturally and organically increase the standard of living so we also did a research and we found a lot of data around that you know when a woman saves she directs 90% of her income towards her family welfare as compared to on an average in the world when a man earns 30% is directed towards family welfare and that was a big statistic for us and we really believed in it so we started growing our livelihood and uh, today like you see like you know we move from putting up our products in exhibitions to talking to corporates about corporate orders to setting up our e-commerce platform to setting up our website and each and every product that we actually created is from what customers wanted from us so i think we've put up more than 100 and 150 exhibitions over the last 4 to 5 years that we've ex- been expanding our livelihood and each exhibition we've had a query from a customer and uh, that is how we've built our entire product range like today we have more than 100 skus uh, with us more than like you know we have four categories and around 30 subcategories of products and uh, everything has happened um like in a spiral like you know every time we've done something and we moved ahead with it when we started we did not envision that we'll set up a business all we envisioned was that you know we want to make these women financially independent and how developed in the process so the vision remained the constant but the how kept changing as we kept like you know growing with the idea I feel when the pandemic hit us mid March we were caught very unaware like you know we were not certain how long things will last or that you know it we never knew it's going to be like a 5 months long a long lockdown um so I think we took it very slowly in the beginning we wanted to sort of absorb what's happening the first thing that we did was like just take the precautions and we closed the center in the community where women were coming together 17th of March we closed our operations and uh, we took a week to just think that you know uh, the first thing we wanted to do was stay connected uh, we weren't thinking about livelihoods we weren't thinking about selling but all we were thinking about that we don't want to lose the connection with our women because they might be going through a lot uh, financially or uh, economically and we wanted to sort of understand that and also keep them engaged so initially because um, they had a little bit of savings money was not a problem in the first month of covid what was a problem was that they were feeling very caught up inside their homes uh, suddenly the husband was home the husbands 100% of them had lost their jobs all of them migrants all of them into uh, different low income jobs 
so it was like a different difficult phase for them where everybody was at home so we started our online trainings uh, in the last week of march so we we continuously keep having technical trainings for our women uh, in collaboration with different organizations so that we keep building on their knowledge so we worked out with our partners and we like you know we converted into online trainings and we moved to zoom so it was a very difficult transition for the women because they are so used to like you know uh, things happening in real or things being so tangible and concrete that for them to shift to a zoom platform or a google meet platform uh, and for us to train them initially was a big task um but the moment that happened i feel that we were able to overcome the challenge of connecting and engaging with them the moment the women learned that okay this is how i join a zoom call or this is how i put my mic off or my video off or my mic on uh, very simple things that you know help us communicate with each other in a large group <laughs> so that that was the initial thing that we did that continue communication with your beneficiaries continue knowing what they are going through the moment uh, we were coming towards the month of april we realized that like you know money is soon going to become a problem the government was providing for ration but a lot of the families were suffering from accumulating rents because 100% of them were migrants they had landlords who were not sort of letting go of the rents and um, we were just ideating and i think what the team did at that point in time we were like very open and we asked the beneficiaries okay like you know what should we do next and it was one of our beneficiaries actually like uh, our community uh, training tailor who's also our admin now who said that you know didi there's a lot of uh, demand for masks why don't we start making masks and uh, we were like sure let's try and uh, we were like but how do we train the women how to stitch online because uh, training always happened live training happened one woman teaching the other and we were like you know how do we train women how to make a good quality mask that's actually according to who guidelines and is going to provide the safety because quality was a big issue back then and um, that is when the team decided that we are going to make video uh, uh, video sessions where the trainer is teaching over video and we sort of shared the video with all our artisans and we sort of had two three women who initially took that step that you know we will step out and we will make sure that the fabric reaches the house of the women so i feel it was a lot around uh, motivating the team around leadership and ownership that who takes the first step to actually step out of the homes because everybody was so scared uh, that you know they're going to catch the virus that nobody actually wanted to take that risk so it was the few women who like you know took ownership and said that you know nothing's going to happen if we take the right precautions but we all need to come together so that the livelihoods continue because the husbands might not earn anything but we can if we make these masks um and that is how we adapted i feel the women were able to come up with those ideas because they were hit the most they were like you know hit the hardest and uh, they wanted to sort of uh, quickly adapt to the new situation so that the livelihoods don't get affected um initially we did sort of face a lot of trouble with like you know maintaining quality or getting the fabric or the logistics where everything was shut i think we reached out to multiple government stakeholders to support us with e passes or allowing the women to move from one place to another and i think after struggling for 15 days the women were like you know let's just step out if there is a challenge we'll face it and once they did step out with the precautions we didn't face any trouble and almost for 
three months, the women managed everything on their own because me and my other co-founders were completely cut off. We were across borders and we weren't allowed to travel. So the women 100% managed the situation from producing the mask, doing the quality control to making sure the masks are packed and dispatched to the right uh, people. Um, so that's how we adapted. Initially, we realized that we don't want to make money out of the masks at that point in time because we didn't want to. Um, we, we realized that it's a difficult time for everybody. So we started a campaign called Donate a Mask Campaign, where we basically made uh, masks which had no margin for us. Um, it was a 20 rupee mask, which was uh, divided into 10 rupees that went to the women who stitched it. Seven rupees went for the material that went into the mask and three rupees went to the women who managed the logistics for the mask. And uh, we told people that, you know, let's donate these masks. And uh, we got queries from NGOs across India who were, who were actually distributing ration. And they're like, we are in need of masks for these people we are giving ration to. So there were organizations in Ahmedabad, Gurgaon, Delhi, Noida. And we sort of collected all the requests and we told different people that, you know, we have a demand for almost 7,000 masks out there. And people donated. People gave us money to make those masks. Uh, so when those masks reached people who were in need of them, uh, who were absolutely hit by the uh, pandemic. On the other hand, it also provided livelihood for our women. And for the three months, April, May, June, the women was the only earning member in the family. She was taking care of the rent. She was taking care of the ration. And it really gave her a very, very stronger, strong sense of empowerment. So yeah, that's how we adapted. That's how actually the women adapted. Catch part two of this conversation next Friday, only on Shakti Talks, the podcast.